0: Thanksgiving, folks, Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, November 24th, 2022. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are having a great holiday or just a great Thursday in case you're not celebrating. But we got a big weekend ahead with Survivor Series on Saturday, which I will be in attendance for. In addition to SmackDown and Providence on Friday as well. We had full gear from last weekend, so we have a lot to discuss on the show here today with Mr. Marceau in our annual Thanksgiving episode. But before we get to any of that, we got an exclusive interview with Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair that I conducted last week article will be up tomorrow on Bleacher Report and the full video as well on my YouTube channel. So you can watch it tomorrow, first thing in the morning, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant or on Bleacher Report in article form. Um, coming up, you know, first thing Friday morning on Black Friday, so you can check that out before the pay per view on Saturday. But here today is a bit of a sneak peek exclusive. We got the Raw Women's Champion on the show talking Survivor Series, maybe even turning heel at some point, teaming with Montez. Her Raw Women's Championship reign since WrestleMania, her new reality show coming out on Hulu, I think it is, with her and Montez, and so much more. Bianca is always awesome. Very happy to chat with her for the first time I think since uh. Mania weekend last year or so, Bianca coming up here on the show momentarily. You can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss a new episode every single Thursday. With that being said, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with the Raw Women's Champion, the ESD of WWE, Bianca Belair. Graham G. Samantha, here, BleachReport.com. Survivor Series coming up this weekend live on Peacock, November 26, 2022, 8 p.m. on Peacock, as I mentioned. Today we're talking to the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, the captain of her team for the Women's War Games match coming up on Saturday. Very exciting matchup. Bianca, obviously you're no stranger to War Games. What's going on? Thanks for taking the time. Uh,
1: everything's good. Just preparing for War Games. It's going to get
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get crazy. It's wild. I think the first time we spoke was before Survivor Series. Two years ago, um, when you were on Team SmackDown for that show, so much has changed since then, obviously. Uh, You were one of the sole survivors last year as well. You're going to be a big part of this show. Just talk a little bit about that as far as the journey. I mean, we we all know your journey. We've seen on WWE for the last two years. But from where you were two years ago to where you are now, from being in just another match on the show to being one of the featured matches in War Games, so much can change in two years. It's crazy.
1: So much can change. Um, I, I think I'm a walking testament of how quickly things can change. I mean, WWE, things come so fast. And I live by the motto, stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. And uh, don't prepare when the opportunity presents itself. You got to be ready when the opportunity, like, presents itself. So, um, you know, for me, this will be my third Survivor Series. I, I think, think so, yeah. That I would, well, actually, my fourth, because I, my first one was in NXT. hmm year it was nxt versus raw versus smackdown and we won that one did we win that one we won that one i think you guys won that
0: match i forgot you were on that show yeah
1: whoa team nxt one yes and then the (laughs) second year i was team smackdown and i almost won um but you know almost doesn't count Mm -hmm. and uh last year i was team raw and i was the sole survivor so it's been a journey it's been an evolution um, And now we're here, going into War Games uh, Survivor Series, and ironically, I was a part of the very first ever women's War Games match back in NXT. So it feels like it's full circle. It's a lot of uh, some of the same women that were part of that very first one were, is a part of this one. It's a lot of different feuds mingling and intertwining in this one. Uh, my team is still searching for our fifth member to have a strong team. And uh, it's just exciting. And I'm excited for 10 women to go in there and be able to showcase ourselves.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's cool. Like you said, full circle, because not only were you in the first women's war games three years ago, that was the same weekend as your first Survivor Series appearance. So it all kind of adds up. It all kind of makes sense, which is cool. And like you said, a lot of the women that are in this match were in either that first one or have been in it since. I think Dakota has been in like every women's war games there has been in the last three years. I think in NXT. I think Dakota
1: and EO2, maybe?
0: EO2, yeah. She may have been in all three of them as well, including this one coming up, uh, obviously opposite of your team, which is pretty wild. But uh, I mean, it's cool to see where you started as part of NXT, where you are now. We have Triple H in charge now running things. And a lot of those same women that were in NXT are either been brought up to Raw and SmackDown or been brought back to the company, which is cool. Dakota being one of them. Just talk about that. Like, I feel like the magic that the NXT women's division had when you were there, we're kind of getting more of that now on Raw and SmackDown. It kind of feels like not what's old is new again, but what was happening there in NXT, we're getting on Raw. And it's really cool to see with you guys still in the mix. Yeah. You know, I feel
1: like uh, kind of feels like NXT all over again. And I think when we were in NXT, it was amazing. It was special. And it was a time where, you know, the women's locker room was just like full of just like women empowerment. And we were competitors, but we wanted the, the best for each other. And we were going out there and delivering some amazing matches. And now we're right back to that. But what's amazing is that, like, it's like, what, three, four or five years later? And those, it's those same women, but we've all gotten even better. Mm-hmm. And we've evolved. And so it's exciting to see where it's going to go and how much better it can get. And, you know, also now combining that along with the women that have that were there before us, you know, combine that with the, the 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 Bailey's and the Charlotte's and the Becky's and, you know, um, with, you know, with Dana and Tamina and Natalia. And I mean, Liv Morgan, I mean we we have so many women that we can't even fit them all in the War Games match. So it's a, it's exciting. And it's just like really cool to see how that whole NXT crop is now like, we're all right back here again, but we're even better. So it's it's going to go down at War Games.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's cool. Like it's a cool collection of the NXT Women's Division from all eras, not just in this match, but like just in general in WWE right now because Mia just came back recently. Obviously, she was very much in the thick of things in NXT when you were there. Even yep. Emma, who was in NXT as part of the women's division eight years ago, was back on SmackDown. So we're kind of seeing the best of the best all coming for, you know, the top titles on Raw and SmackDown. You being one of them, you're the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, no stranger to being a champion, of course. You were the SmackDown Women's Champion last year. You've been Raw Women's Champion now for, what, over 200 days? Is that what we're at now? Yeah, it's getting there.
1: It's, it's mm-hmm. getting it's, it, it, it's climbing up there. It's past. <laughs>
0: Hey, <laughs> talk about that. I mean, this is obviously the longest reign that you've had in WWE to date as a champion. Just feeling that pressure, do you still feel the same pressure now that you did six, seven months ago that you did at WrestleMania when you won it? Or is it more becoming more commonplace to you as far as, all right, this is what I can expect? And you've had so many high profile matches too. Like, does it become more normal or does it never really
1: settle in for you? I mean, it definitely becomes more expected. Um, I would say it's never a comfortable place. Like mm-hmm. you never was champion. If anything, like I was describing like my chase to getting in the title, I felt like it, I had nothing to lose. So I had like this tunnel vision where it was just like, I'm going for the title. I have nothing to lose. And then when you get the title, the work doesn't stop. It just starts over in a different way. Now I have everything to lose. Now I have a target on my back and everyone's coming for me. But what I love is that I feel like I've learned from a lot of, my mistakes um, as SmackDown Women's Champion. I feel like my title ring was cut very short and quick. I was surprised and thrown off my feet, and I'll never be caught off guard again. Uh, I'll know that anybody can come at me at any time, any place. Um, I just had a, I just had a little crossing with Rhea, and it didn't surprise me at all. Because I'm like, okay, I was expecting this. um But no, you know, I just feel like um, now I've been I'm in even more higher profile matches, and I love it though. I like I, I love having this reputation of being like big match bel-air and being able to deliver every single time and you know i just feel like um it's it's an honor to be at the top of the division and and be representation and be the woman that's uh that has this on my shoulder but you know i feel like this is like redemption like i said i feel like my smackdown title reign was so much shorter than i would have liked and i feel like this is my 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 Mm do-over it's been tough and challenging because in the beginning i felt like Everything just kept going wrong. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, like this person got hurt and I couldn't wrestle with them and then this happened and that. It was just like <laughs> I had to keep, doing anything, but in the end, it's just made me better. So I love my journey. Yeah,
0: it's cool because it seems like I mean, obviously you've progressed and you've had this great journey and you've developed in every way possible. But like the longer that we've seen you every since the moment you arrived on the main roster two and a half years ago, you've been a fan favorite this entire time for someone that came into NXT as the EST, this great bad guy, this awesome heel. You've been a fan favorite this entire time in like a through and through fan favorite that people do not boo you. I've been to a handful of these shows, Bianca. People have not turned on you And wrestling is weird nowadays where people like the bad guys. (laughs) You know, it's cool. And it and the more things change, the more they stay the same. We have Triple H in charge now. Really, with what you have done hasn't really changed in a positive way, because what was working is still working. Like, is there anything that you can attest to that? Just being you, like the most you version of you and any conversations you've had with Triple H as far as just staying the course, like anything comment on that?
1: You know, for me, it's just uh the, the best gift I can give someone is being myself. Yep. Uh, you know, and if I you know, go around, walk around, call myself the ESC or WWE, I have to believe it. And and I have to stay true to myself. Like, I'm big on that, just being unapologetically me and just going out there and being genuinely me. And either you're going to like it or you're going to love it. Uh, but I'm going to love myself to the point where you're not going to have a choice. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's a weird time where, like, people love the bad guys and people love to cheer them. And it's just like, that's fine. That's what you like. And But I'm, I'm here for the people that, that are for me uh and eventually everybody else will eventually jump on the bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just all I can do is just be myself and be the ESG. And I feel like um that's what, you know, you're able to connect with people when, you know, you just show that showing up as yourself is simply enough. And I, you know, I amplify it, of course, but you know, I just want to inspire people. I want it to be more than just people watching me do 450s and hair whips and KODs like it's not just remembering what I do it's like remembering how remembering how make you feel and that's my my main mission
0: yeah no that's a great way to put it and I think again we've seen that throughout your journey you've proven yourself throughout this Raw Women's Championship reign but at that same time like I said you played such a great bad guy in those I think people forget about in those first few months of NXT because it was so long ago Do you see a a day down the road? I'm not saying tomorrow or next month, but down the road where you can go back to being that or is that time gone, you think?
1: I don't know. You know, um, oh man, it's I have I feel like I have so many like uh, like a positive impacts.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, walking out and seeing like the signs of walking out and seeing kids. (laughs) Yeah walking out and see people come up to me and saying like you inspired me like not even to be like a wrestler but you inspired me to go back to school you inspired me to go start on my like fitness journey you inspired me to apply for that job like to have that connection with people and to think about maybe possibly turning on uh, <laughs> uh, people I feel like it's, it's me turning on them you yep. know yeah and uh, maybe I mean I feel like NXT I had so much fun um mm. Uh, it, it, and it was uh, it was fun to be a bad guy. <laughs> but I feel like you know, it, it can go either way. It can go in a positive way of being like, don't dim your light. Don't let anyone tell you to shrink yourself. Um, and then it can but then it can go overboard where, you, you know, people that are like, no, I'm here. But in order to be here, I need for you to be down there and i'm going mm-hmm. to berate you so that i can make myself feel better and i'm better than you like it can go either way so um we'll see i yeah. never ever because nxt belair was she was something she was <laughs> something i mean yeah. she was
0: something <laughs> yeah you were undefeated for over a year and a half or whatever it was as that person so again anything not to say you haven't been successful in the main roster and that championship proves it right there obviously but Anything can happen. I mean, surely you've heard the buzz from fans at at a certain point, the idea of you and Montez at some point down the road. Again, the positive impact you guys have had is amazing. The idea of you guys as a couple on screen, obviously in real life too, but as a bad guy couple just screams money to me. I don't know. That just makes sense. I know you guys have a show coming out on Hulu. I don't know if that would shine some light on that, but it just seems to make sense. You know, does that, does that idea cross your mind at all?
1: I mean, yeah, of course, and, and I feel like even, like, a bad guy, like, NXT Belair, like, you see glimpses of her, like, if somebody, like, pushed me a little too much, like, Bailey, when she pushed me a little too yeah. much, you see a little bit of it, but, no, definitely, like, I think that, um, Montez and I, down, down the world in the future, we could be, like, this amazing, just, like, overly, you know, like, where you, like, love to hate us, but hate to love us at the same time, like, but I think that, um, I, once I I, I feel like that's like later on down the line yeah. maybe like once I, my course is Bianca Belair you know he has to run his you know he has to get those tag team titles back first with the Street Profits and then later on down the line like he's going to be like the biggest solo act out there I'm saying it right now <laughs> that he will be that guy um and then at the end of that I think that's when you know eventually we'll come together and then we can be that 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 major just power couple and wwe and b like
0: pow! (laughs) (laughs) it's coming down the road last question for bianca on that same note as far as looking down the line we got survivor series coming up on the 26th as i mentioned wrestlemania you mentioned it earlier as far as Rhea, you guys cross paths we're having mania uh, not Mania itself, but Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Standing Deliver, all coming to the Crypto.com Arena, Los Angeles next year. Tickets already on sale from when this goes live. But Rhea and you, it just seems like such a natural Mania match. As far as looking down the road, you don't want to overlook what you're going on right now. Is that To you, does that make sense as a Mania match?
1: It's going to happen. I mean, it just makes so much sense. If you think about it, Rhea and I have been going at it for years. We're yeah. uh, fighting to take you know Shayna Baszler, the Shayna Baszler era, NXT were fighting to take her down. Rhea got her. I didn't. I went after Rhea again. I failed. We crossed paths again at the Royal Rumble, uh, where I won and went on to WrestleMania. I won my first title WrestleMania. She won her first title at same WrestleMania. So like we're on equal sides doing amazing things, um, and we're eventually going to cross paths in. You know, to, to kind of run into her at Raw I was like, I see you. And she was like, I see you too. And I was like, and I'll see you later. <laughs> Not right now. But uh it I think it, like it's gonna happen, it's gonna be monumental, it's gonna be huge. Um, and I can't I think that's a I think that's a WrestleMania match. Uh but I mean maybe this year, maybe WrestleMania 40. But I will say that I'm still I still have my my short term goal in my head to take down all four horsewomen. So I've gotten 3. I've Charlotte left. She's ducking and you.
0: She's not back yet. She's ducking I, you.
1: I know, and I <laughs> feel like like with with the things that Rhea's doing right now and how brutal she is, like I need that that confidence of like taking someone like Charlotte Flair. If mm. I take Charlotte Flair down, that's the top of the mountain. I need that momentum to go, to go uh after Rhea cuz I'm going to need all the confidence in the world to you know before I stand up against Rhea.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be the match for Mania 39 instead. It could be you and Charlotte. It could be you and Rhea. It could be someone that we're not even thinking of right now. That's that's the beauty of WrestleMania, you know?
1: Like being a champion, it could be anybody. WrestleMania, you know, is going to be... Who I, I gotta hope first I gotta hold on to this to to WrestleMania <laughs> so either I'm defending it or trying to get it back at Mania we'll see what
0: happens exactly exactly I mean listen people were pitching you and Sasha for Mania 37 it was and that, months in advance as soon as you showed up on SmackDown and we got it so it's the power of willing it right <laughs> yeah
1: exactly we got a will of existence hashtag
0: going on too <laughs> yeah we're going on year two as he was champion Bianca I'm looking forward to it. We got that coming up, Survivor Series, as I mentioned. You and Rhea are going to cross paths in that match. He's on the opposite team, uh, November yep. 26th on Peacock, as I mentioned. Bianca, you're the Raw Women's Champion. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Big thanks to Bianca for the time. She was excellent, as always. You can check out that interview in video form on my YouTube channel, first thing on Friday at youtube.com backslash WrestleRant, and an article form as well over on Bleach Report on Friday. And now we transition to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking down AEW full gear from last weekend and previewing Survivor Series for this coming Saturday that we will be in attendance for. Mr. Marceau, brother, what's going on? And uh, happy Thanksgiving.
2: Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to you as
0: well. <laughs> I know I threw you off a little bit because we're recording this in advance, obviously, going up hey, on Thanksgiving. Like three
2: days out and the kids wish <laughs> me
0: Thanksgiving. It's like I'm wishing you a Merry <laughs> Christmas a month in advance, but... Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. We we do this every year. We never actually record on Thanksgiving itself, but I have the fortune this year of not only, you know, recording this with you in advance. And I was, I was thinking when I texted you last night after Raw, and this morning we were talking about when we were going to record. I'm thinking like, you know, I'm thinking either today or Wednesday or whenever it worked for you and me and whatever. But I'm thinking like, do I do it with them in person? Because we you know I did that when I saw you in Nashville, but it, depending on what time we see you on Friday, it might be too, uh, too close and whatnot, because we're going to be at SmackDown as well in Providence on Friday. We got a very stacked weekend ahead, like I told you before we hit record here. I got the tickets confirmed for Survivor Series. SmackDown, I'm sure, is going to be coming soon as well, but we're confirmed for Beantown, brother. I'm, look- I'm looking forward to Survivor Series on Saturday.
2: Can't wait for SmackDown. Screw Survivor Series.
0: <laughs> Kid Bleeds Blue, you haven't been to Raw in quite some time, have you?
2: I haven't been to Raw since we went that time, I feel
0: like. Actually, well, when you say we, you talking about me and you?
2: Actually, that's not true. I went
0: to. Uh, I was going to say last year, didn't you? Last year,
2: last October, I went to uh, Smack- uh,
0: Raw at uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Yes, yeah, the, the in Providence. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say I remember you were there for that great Bianca Becky match for the oh, Raw yeah. Women's Championship. Yeah, but you've been to SmackDown a few times since then, including last month, and we're going to be there on Friday. They are doing the reveal of the fifth woman on the SmackDown Women or the uh, you know the Women's Survivor Series War Games match. Which I'm looking forward to. SmackDown getting all the love. Raw has not been a great show in my opinion lately. We'll talk a little bit about Raw, but mostly today we're talking Full Gear from last Saturday. And Survivor Series coming up this weekend. So, very busy time for wrestling fans right now to close out the year. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to Beantown on Saturday. But before we get to that stuff, as I mentioned, Full Gear on Saturday, brother, was a very eventful show and... You know, we mentioned this going in, where they needed to hit a home run with the show. I felt that they did. I thought this was one of their stronger shows all year. The build wasn't great, but to call a spade a spade, the build of Survivor Series hasn't been stellar either, so I'm hoping, you know, that show can deliver in the same way Full Gear did. Um, But before we even get into match-by-match here, did you think that Full Gear was the turning point? I mean, again, it's all about the aftermath, obviously. Dynamite on Wednesday, which we're not you know, we haven't watched it as of this recording may come around and not be an overly exciting show. And it's back to the same old slog of a show that we've gotten from dynamite in recent months. But do you see full gear as a bit of a turning point with all the new champions crowned, some good matches, not perfect, far from a perfect pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong, but did you have the same takeaway from that show as I did in being a positive turning point for AW? Um, I mean, I'm honestly with
2: what, with how everything's going, I'm going to go with more of a wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like, I think the new champions is definitely nice and a breath of, like, fresh air, but I'm not willing to, like, overexert myself and then look like an idiot in a week or two. But, no, I think the, the champ, like, a couple of the championships, like, was great. I mean, there's some others that we'll talk about that I wasn't too fond of. But, um, no, I, I think it's definitely a new direction. It's, I think it's a positive, but I don't want to over-say, like, this is the turning point, and then Wednesday night, I mean, on paper, doesn't even look too exciting, so I'll say it was nice, but I'm not mm-hmm. gonna over-exert
0: myself just yet. Sure, yeah, it's a wait-and-see approach. I, I came away from the pay-per-view pleasantly surprised. They have not had a good last couple of months on camera, behind the camera, behind the scenes, with all the drama going on right now. Um, I hope they can put that behind them and hit the reset button and give us more exciting, interesting storylines going forward, but you know, as we always say, time will tell. Did you catch any of the pre-show by any chance or no? <laughs> I didn't think so, but I wanted to double-check. Yeah, I did not, know. Okay, well, just to quickly recap, nothing really overly eventful happened anyway. You didn't miss much, but best friends, Dan Housen, knocking out the factory. Dan Housen did a bit, a bit of a more serious character. He came out with a different look. It wasn't drastically different from what he normally does, but you know the crowd liked it, so there was that. Uh, Ricky Starks beating Brian Cage in a semifinals match in the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Finals you know, by the time this goes up, went down on Wednesday, I assume Ricky, uh, Ricky Starks won, now that MGF is the champion, we get Starks and MGF, I would assume, at Winters coming next month, which I'm looking forward to, and Eddie Kingston knocking off June Akiyama from DDT Pro Wrestling in Japan, um, that stemmed from a tag team match on Rampage last week, that was a good hard-hitting affair, but nothing, like, you know, nothing from the pre, it was a pre-show, I mean, all these matches did not belong on the show, The second straight pre show match for Eddie Kingston. So, hopefully, he can start to build more momentum, get back on the pay per view in the near future, or get back on the main card for these pay per views uh, in the near future. We opened the actual event with a steel cage match, a grudge match between Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, Luchasaurus. You know, overall, I really liked the match. I thought it was a great opener. Um, You know, people calling it the best opener in AEW pay per view history. I'd have to go back and think about it. I don't know if I I would say the same. Uh, It would be up there for me, though. I thought this was a really good match. Jungle Boy got blood very early on. I wouldn't have done that exactly, or at least wait a little bit longer. Uh, Told a good story. They utilized the cage well. They left the cage at one point, which was kind of pointless, but um, the actual use of the cage was well done. Jumping off the top of it. Didn't get all of that elbow, but he got enough of it for it to be impactful. Um, The only thing I did not like about the match, and I said this on Twitter, was the constant kickouts and... I you know it's not just in this match it's an almost it happens in every company but specifically in AEW the constant fucking pile drivers and I know the super kick for example's been watered down since Shawn Michaels retired but the tombstone is more of an impactful finisher than the sweet chin music I'm sorry so for them to hit it in every match and everyone kicks out it's like the destroyer it's just way too overdone, and we saw at least two of them in this match, and then we got even more in the next match, in the trios match. But beyond that, though, I did like this, so it was a needed win for Perry to kind of bounce back from the loss to Luchasaurus from a few weeks ago, and hopefully he can move on from here before Cage gets cleared at some point down the road, and they can resume that rivalry. But uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And if so, or if you didn't like it, why was that?
2: I thought it was a good match. I like Jungle Boy. I think he needs to continue to win, obviously, to lead into what they're doing with him and Christian, like you said, I thought that, like, the abundance of kickouts, especially with, like, like you said, the super kick at this point, it's just like, it's like a fucking hold at this point. Everyone kicks out of it's not a big deal. The Tombstone should be way more protected than it is, but it just isn't. Them leaving the cage was just stupid as well. Didn't love that. Um, but like I said, Jungle Boy winning needed to happen. I thought it was a great, a great opener. I don't think I'd say the best ever. I, I mean, my memory sucks anyway, so I couldn't even tell you, like, opened that all out. so. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I thought it was a good match and Jungle Boy needed a win, so there's a the right result.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as openers go, I mean, I, I can remember one that stands the test of time, in my opinion, as far as being the best, that being Full Gear. Last year, MJF and Darby Allen was a fantastic match. To my memory, that probably being the best pay-per-view opener I can think of for AEW, because that match was fantastic. I would probably put that a little bit over this, uh, but this was still very good stuff, though right result, and hopefully Perry can move on in the near future from, you know, Luchasaurus and Cage. Cage won't be back for a while, so maybe in the in the interim he can go after championships or something, um, or at least just continue to rack up wins. We had the AEW World Championship Trios match, uh, with a returning Elite coming out to Weirward Sons, uh, the song by Kansas. Uh, they had that over-the-top Elite, you know, elaborate entrance to face Death Triangle for the Trios titles. Um... In, in a nutshell, listen, I like The Elite more than you do. I do like The Elite. I like Kenny Omega. I like The Bucks. I was not a fan of the over-the-top entrance, and it's not just because I'm a punk fan. I thought the fuck and Punk... I mean, the fans are just so fucking fickle, but them, like, encouraging it... I haven't watched Being The Elite yet, but them kind of incorporating that into the show was stupid... Um, I don't know, the whole thing was really dumb as far as that goes, they were gone for two months people acted as if, like, when Kenny came back with the -the over-the-top entrance a couple of months ago I kind of understood it, because he was gone for like a year I mean, excuse me for this they were gone for two months people acted as if they were like the saviors of the company it's just, they're not completely in the clear either in this whole situation with Punk and whatnot so they're still EVPs, presumably so, I don't know, I just wasn't a fan of that great song choice, great song choice but using it for the Elite was a little weird uh, the match itself, listen, I enjoyed it, but it, it I, I'm honestly more favorable towards this sort of stuff than you are. I feel like every week when we talk about these trios matches, I always say I like them, you say you don't like them, it's all preference. I actually didn't really care for this match, because I feel like we've seen the fucking Bucks and the Lucha Bros, maybe it's just me, I feel like we've seen it so fucking much in the last three years since AEW started, it doesn't mean anything. And if this was a one-and-done, then I would get it. But we're getting six more matches from these teams. It's not going for five. It's not going for three or whatever. Let, let's face it. The match is going the full seven matches. The series is going the full seven matches. It's the best of seven. This was announced retrospectively as a as the first match. We're getting six more, including this Wednesday. If The, the match, if they're all... If this is what they're all going to be, because they're all constant kickouts and dancing and choreography bullshit. And listen, I, I enjoy a lot of that sort of stuff, but if we're getting that for seven matches in a row, then I don't like it. You know, for one and done, I was fine with it. The crowd was into it. It wasn't a disaster of a match. Like, you and I don't like it, whatever. But if we're getting it seven times in a row, it's like, all right, well, what are we even doing here? What What story are we telling? I did like the finish... And not just the fact the Elite lost, but I did like the fact that Ray Phoenix cheated. That's a story they've been telling for a while. Now, I like that. I thought the storytelling on the show was great because we haven't seen a whole lot of it, at least good storytelling at AEW for some time. Um, I like that. The match itself just, I don't know, man, just wasn't exactly my cup of tea. I assume you felt the same way about it, though.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, just to start with the entrance, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Bucks and 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 Omega in general. So, I mean, this whole carry on my winner thing, I honestly give two shits less. They're acting like they're, they're, they always act like they're in the wrong or someone wronged them, and it's just like, it's getting tired at this point. Like, you're as, you're, they're as, as guilty as Punk was. They just got, got, since they were the EVPs and that's what the company's based off of, they got their side taken. I mean, it is mm-hmm. what it is. And this comeback, like, whatever. And then the match, I mean, like you said, we've seen the Bucks and Death Triangle or the Lucha Brothers in general so many times. That this was just their their match, just with two other guys in it. It's just like the classic swing dancing choreography. You fake kick, I jump. You you do a back spring, you miss. I duck and flop on the ground. And I send you the thing. It was like the first minute it was Nick Jackson and Felix doing square dancing. I mean, how is that? I don't understand how people like no one takes a bump. Like it just—that just wasn't.
0: I don't even know if that was from this match. I think that was from one of their other matches from a while no, ago. No, they do
2: it in every match. They do. They do oh, it okay. every freaking match they have. So that's why it's been happening so many times. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if and then they won. Cool. I kind of thought the elite would win, so I was surprised. But then we're gonna get six more of these. <laughs> I, I've seen. I've seen enough at this point. I don't need another sex.
0: A best of the three would have been fine. Honestly, I feel like even that would have been okay. Another two matches. All right, whatever. We're getting six. Not even a best of five, dude. We're getting a best of seven. And listen, I love the best of three, five, seven series that we get in WWE. And I don't know if we've actually ever had one in AEW before. I know they've done multiple matches between rivals. But I don't know to my memory if we've gotten a best of series yet in AEW. But just with these teams, for how many matches they've already had, I don't like that. So, um, you know, maybe it'll, again, maybe it'll exceed expectations. Maybe each match will be different than another. They'll tell a different story. Maybe, but if they're all if they went all out in their first match, then why would I want to see another six if they're all going to be the same thing? If not, if they're if they're not going to be as good, then I don't know, man. Maybe again, maybe I'll walk away from this more excited or whatever. But when you have the elite out there, and it wasn't just the elite—they had the fucking Nakazawa guy out, the Michael Nakazawa. They had Brandon Cutler out there looking like a dumbass. They have. What's-his-name still out there as well? Um, Don Callis. I mean, what are we even still doing? What What is this? I mean, I guess I kind of understood it when they were a heel faction. They haven't been heels in a while. Why is this still going on? It's just... I know the audience likes it, or at least that's the, that, that's the audience they're, they're uh, tailoring themselves to. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it, but it is what it is, I guess. AWTBS Championship. Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose. I mean, honestly, speaking of matches I thought like were better. I thought this was better than I thought it would be. That's not saying a lot. I thought it would be a disaster. It wasn't awful. It certainly wasn't great at all. Um, But it was decent enough that I think it was the spot that you sent... Was it the spot that you sent me where Jade was on the ropes and she was, like, fixing her tights and her hair before Nyla hit her move? That just looked ridiculous. But, you know, it was fine. Jade won as she should have, and she extended her streak. Great. Still champion. Cool. Uh, my question now is if Jamie Hayter is the new women's champion, then what the fuck does Jade Cargill do? Like, who does she lose the championship to is my issue now. Is she going to hold on to it? Is she legitimately can hold on to it until Chris Statlander comes back, which isn't going to be for a while? I mean, that's, that would be ridiculous. So I don't know, man, but, uh, the match was okay. They were in the death spot. People just didn't really care. I mean, the story sucked anyway, so I can't really blame them, but, um, it was what it was. And, uh, what were your thoughts on the match?
2: I thought it was a fine match. It was kind of like you said, it was, it was there. Jade won, so I can't bitch because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I at least know win won, Yeah, they kind of were like you said. They kind of were putting in a inopportune spot, obviously after the off, after the hot opener, and then and then after the Bucks and that. Like they, I mean, anyone after that would have had a dying crowd, and it just wasn't that important. It was probably one of the least important matches on the card to begin with. So it, it was what it needed to be, but like you said, with Hater winning, I mean, I, I, who's going to beat Jade at this point? Soraya, I mean...
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) seriously, is that what we're getting to? Is it going to be Soraya, you think? I hope not. I don't really want it to be. I like Soraya. We'll get to her match later, but I feel like it should be someone like a Chris Statlander, but the problem is that she got hurt. That's not their fault. Um... I think, do you think the issue is, I mean, I just kind of gave it away, but I think the the issue is they haven't really built up anyone else. There's really no one else in this divi- The fact that Nyla Rose even has a match on pay-per-view is pretty bad. I mean, that uh, listen, I think Nyla Rose is good. I think she's actually improved. And I've said before, I'm actually entertained by like her her act when, when Vicky and Marina Shafir is terrible. Um, when they're not involved, I think she's actually entertaining. But, I mean, she's been a designated stepping stone for a long time now, so it's just hard to care. But when you have a pay-per-view match with her in it I mean that kind of tells the tale right there that no one really takes him seriously it takes yeah. uh, her seriously you know
2: it's just besides hater, I feel like she was the only one that made sense and then obviously she did what she did so I don't know what you did with Jade I mean
0: better I not know. be Red Velvet if Red Velvet no, comes in.
2: very
1: confusing
0: yeah I don't know better not be Red Velvet and they tell, the, they tell the story oh I was a baddie and now I'm your rival again and I've never been able to beat you yeah I don't care I know you like Red Velvet but I just wouldn't I would not give a <laughs> shit personally <laughs> So, that's just me. Uh, The Ring of Honor World Championship also was not in much jeopardy. I mean, the odds were stacked against Jericho. It was a four-way match. He was not losing. He should not have lost at this point. Uh, Like him or not, I mean, Daniel Garcia's got to be the guy that beats Jericho for this championship. That's just the story they've told. I don't know where the fuck he's been off to. I know he's been on Dark lately, but I don't know. For a guy that was as popular and as over as he was, he has lost all momentum. So, it's quite the risk. It seems like Tony Khan does this a lot where... Anyone who's, like, about to break through, he takes them off the show or he cools them down with the idea, like, oh, we'll heat them back up again in six months, but it's just not the same. Like, we saw that with Adam Page last year, and that wasn't a booking thing. I mean, Adam Page had a kid, so that was that, but... was great when he won the championship it would have been hotter months earlier but again we're kind of in the same scenario here with Garcia maybe people will be super super behind him in six months maybe not who knows but anyway so he'd be Brian Danielson Claudio Castagnoli Sammy Guevara I thought as a match this was really good um all four guys worked great together even Guevara did the obvious spot of like oh I'm not gonna you know lay down for you when he fought back and there's no real tension there coming out of this they'll be fine so, it, it felt like nothing really was accomplished by this match was kind of my problem. Like, if this match wasn't on the show, I don't think anyone would have complained. It was a great match, but it was kind of a waste of time. I feel like it really should have been Claudio and Jericho straight up. They wanted Danielson on the show. They had nothing else for him to do. Uh, Danielson and Sammy one-on-one would have been a wasted time, too, because who cares? Um, but, you know, he pinned Claudio anyway, so I would assume that puts the end to that rivalry, and we're not getting Jericho and Claudio a final battle, which is a positive, because I want Jericho to face someone else. But um, I thought this was good, though.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a fine match. Like you said, if this match wasn't on the card, I don't think many people would have complained because I feel like the, the ending was never in doubt. He beat Claudio, like you said. So it wasn't even like Guevara was in there to take the pin because he didn't even get pinned. So not really sure why they did that. But uh, it was a fine match. Nothing crazy. But Jericho wins, and we'll move on from there.
0: Yeah. Uh, any idea who we might face a final battle? I know he's facing Uh, Ishii on Wednesday, or he did face by the time this goes up, so...
2: Yeah, I honestly don't know.
0: I would like for them to go with, like, an attraction match, because on the roster right now, I mean, AEW is notorious for, like, building up people last minute and doing the match at the last minute. Final Battle is really not that far away. Um, Today's the 22nd from when we're speaking. The 24th is when this goes up. So, Final Battle, I think is December 10th, I'm pretty sure. They could very easily go back to Jericho and Claudio. I think they probably will. Jericho and Danielson, absolutely not. Uh, Guevara would make no sense. They'll probably... Again, this will probably be irrelevant by the time this episode goes up, but I assume they set something up on Wednesday, and it'll be... You know, he beats Ishii, and then someone comes out. I... I don't know. Like, I assume... I would like for it to be a former champion. For it to be like a Davey Richards. Would he beat Jericho? No. But I think... I don't know how many people would actually care about that sort of thing but like an Eddie Edwards or something. I feel like if you go with the match like that, it would be more interesting than building up someone on the roster in the interim for only 2 weeks. I feel like the match itself like a Davey Richards Jericho match, you can sell it on that alone without doing much of a build. That's what I would do anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it I mean, not that I don't know how many would care, but I think like a Davey Richards or an Eddie Edwards would be cool. Would be cool. I mean, if Adam Cole was like healthy, that would be pretty cool, but we know that he's not doing too well, i say yeah. with Kyle O'Reilly, but uh, yeah, I think those two would be cool, but I think we might just get someone that's already, like, around.
0: Jay Lethal would have been interesting, but he's been a heel. Like, they teased the face turn a month or two ago, and then they didn't go anywhere with it, so um, yeah, he's out of the question. I don't think Jerry Lynn's coming out of retirement. Um, the other person I was thinking of, you mentioned Adam Cole. You know, I don't think it'll be Roosh. Roosh is a heel, too. Joe's a heel now. All the Ring of Honor champions on the roster are heels. Unless they bring back Jonathan Gresham and he's uh, you know, happy about being top 10 in the PWI or whatever and uh, he, he's over how, how AEW booked the title before he left. I mean, I don't think enough people would give a fuck about that at all. But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm sure we'll find out in the near future if we haven't already found out already by the time this goes up. You mentioned Soraya. She had her first match back in nearly five years on the show against Britt Baker. Um, I thought it was a good match, but it goes back to what we said last week. Because you sent me the tweet from Soraya who disagreed with a fan saying it doesn't matter that that Baker cut a babyface promo and that her idea wasn't, which was probably Tony's idea, which is probably why he had her cut that promo, was that you can cheer for whoever you want to cheer for. Here's the thing. Here's the issue with that. Baker is a clear-cut heel. There's no, like... I mean, I know she cut a babyface promo. I don't think she's turning either. She is a heel. There's been no, like controversy there she's a heel and Soraya is the baby face so why would you pull this bullshit oh cheer for whoever you want to cheer for the story was that this woman was wrestling her first match back in five years logically why would you not want to cheer for her from a storyline standpoint so I think when they kind of muddied the waters a little bit with that Baker promo people were chanting for her in this match I feel like it really took away from the moment of Soraya being back in the ring. The match really wasn't anything great at all. It was pretty basic. She looked fine, which is, listen, she didn't get hurt. That's the important thing. It wasn't a special match, but I thought they kind of ruined the dynamic. It really should have been about the moment and not the match of Soraya being back in the ring for five years, after five years, and they kind of ruined that with that Baker promo and kind of, again, clouding the uh, the dynamic there, which I thought was a mistake in retrospect.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I sent you a tweet and I was just like, what is she talking about? I mean, I understand. I mean, no, I don't understand because obviously there's supposed to be someone to cheer for someone to boo. Like you said, Britt Baker, clear clear as day of heel. But the way she cut the promo is like you're supposed to cheer Soraya because she's coming back from this long injury and obviously it's her first match back, yada, yada, yada. But then they have Britt Baker cut the promo like, I've been here since day one. I'm not going to let the outsiders come in and steal. Like, I built the company up. So, it's like, they both cut babyface promos, and then that's what the match... Like like you said, Britt Baker got a good amount of cheers in this match. So, like, I feel like that did ruin the moment because they both were getting cheered, where points of Soraya was even getting booed because people were cheering for Britt Baker. I just... I, I, I don't really understand why they did that. I, I mean, it should have just been about Soraya coming back, and she would have got her big moment, and there, that, and the other thing. But, I mean... I think it ruined the match. Like you said, I don't think the match was overly special to begin with, but just a weird dynamic definitely didn't make it any good in my mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, the crowd was quiet during the match. I think because of that, they really hurt the dynamic, and as a result, the crowd was kind of indifferent, and they didn't really care. So maybe they would have been that way anyway. We'll never know. Um, I just didn't think the promo really helped at all. I thought it was a great promo. The Baker promo was great, but the the timing was stupid, and they turned it really... It reminds me of that Sting-Triple-H match from years ago, when it really should have been about Sting's first match in WWE. They turned it into this dumb WCW versus WWE bullshit that no one cares about 20 years later. They were turning it into this thing with Soraya and Paige, or Soraya and Paige, uh, I'm sorry, Soraya and Britt Baker, about WWE and and AEW, like the whole outsider shit. Yeah, it works when you're telling that. Like, for Paige and Punk, for example, they were both babyfaces. So if you want to say, oh, cheer for whoever you want to cheer for, yeah, that's fine with that, but... In this case, it really should have been Soraya is the person you cheer, and Baker's the one you boo, but it didn't turn out that way, so I don't know. I thought that was weird. Kind of hurt the match for me, but it was fine. TNT title, Triple Threat. Samoa Joe becoming a double champion, already the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Now a double champion is the new AEW TNT champion, beating Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Triple Threat. Good Haas match. I mean, it kind of felt like a television match overshadowed by everything else on the show. Um, did not like that Hobbs was just an afterthought here, not that he had a lot of momentum, I mean, he lost to Ricky Starks in that feud-ending match about a month or so ago, so it's not like he was riding a wave of momentum here, but, you know, he he was only in the match to take the pin, that was really why he was here, and I honestly would not have an issue with Wardlow taking the pin here, if it was a singles match or whatever, I mean, it's not like he's undefeated, and he's also cooled off a lot, um... You know, we were both kind of surprised, I think, because I know last week I said Hobbs was going to win. You said Wardlow would and should retain, but actually Joe emerged victorious as the champion. Now, I love Joe. I think Joe will do well in the role, assuming he holds the title for more than two weeks. Kind of weird they have both belts on, but it's not like the Ring of Honor one means much anyway. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm not really sure. Hobbs, I assume, is out of the question. Did you do Hobbs and Joe? Hobbs is a heel, so I don't really know. I'm kind of confused coming out of this and where they go from here.
2: Yeah, I didn't love this. I mean, I thought it was a good match. You said a good, like, big guy match, um, but well, I mean, Powerhouse was a complete afterthought, which is kind of upsetting. I mean, like you said, he's coming out of a, 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 out of a feud that he didn't even win. But I don't know when he came after Wardlow, I feel like they were kind of maybe pushing him, or he looked a little bit more serious than he did. And then Wardlow didn't technically lose, but then Joe got both belts. I don't, know. I don't love that because now we're probably gonna get Joe and. And Wardlow for the Bell. And I mean, I think, wh- why would you protect him here if he's just going to lose to Joe one on one? So, I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe they just didn't change the belts and Wardlow will win it right back from Joe. But I don't know. I, th- I thought he should just kept the Bell and Wardlow and keep his momentum going. I feel like his momentum's definitely slid because after he won the belt and after he broke away from MGF, they did the, oh, he's playing with Mark Sterling and then the bodyguards. And he's kind of been in miscellaneous. Programs did the whole stupid Jay Lethal Sanjay Dutt thing, and then he was kind of direct. put him with Powerhouse and now with Joe, and then he fell and I don't know, like he cooled off because the booking just cooled him off. Like the booking itself cooled him off. He he cut that dumb promo, like, Oh, you guys are saying that my reign hasn't been good or I've lost more momentum. Well, yeah, you have because the book was terrible. And you to- <laughs> literally, I mean- once he broke off from MGF, it was like, Yeah, he won the belt, but his booking. And his popularity went down the tubes because
0: he didn't do anything. No, exactly. And that was the thing, too. I forgot about that promo until you mentioned it. But he cut that promo (laughs) about a month or so ago. And where did it lead? Samoa Joe kicked his ass. I mean, it went went nowhere. (laughs) Samoa Joe kicked his ass and took his title. He just looks like an idiot. Not a loser because he hasn't lost anything. I mean, he didn't even get pinned in this match. But, you know, Ali's a loser on Raw. He he loses a lot. Uh, Wardlow, by my definition of the word loser, is not a loser. But... Still, he looks like an idiot. He cut this promo, I'm not going to be overshadowed, and then he gets, what? He gets overshadowed. So, listen, I love Joe. The issue isn't Joe, and the Hobbs thing is what it is, I guess. My question now, I guess, is where the fuck do you go from here? I mean, I guess Final Battle's in mere weeks, and like I said, they really don't have a lot of time to hype up the show. Thankfully, to Tony Khan's credit, I would assume they've already been gradually been building a couple matches for that show, even before Full Gear. They already... they. Quickly kicked off the Athena Mercedes Martinez build on Rampage last week. Not a lot of hype behind it, but that's probably the direction they're going in. That's fine with me. I think that's going to be a very good match. Um, like for example, they had teased a while ago. I mean, FTR have been feuding with the Gun Club. I really fucking hope they're not doing FTR and the Gun Club at Final Battle. Um, not that many more people care about this team, but the Kingdom. The Kingdom teased a while ago. Oh, we want our rematch with the Ring of Honor tag team titles. We never got it after we lost to the Briscoes last year. Cool that would be a better match to me, a more appealing attraction for that show. So you have that. And um, probably Wardlow and Joe, like I said. I mean, they've already been feuding. So if Joe is the Ring of Honor TV champion, maybe Wardlow goes after that belt. I don't know why he would take the Ring of Honor TV title. That's a little weird, I guess. But um, I, do you use this as an opportunity to get him away from that? It, honestly, that title is fucking, it, it's just uh, cursed. I mean, I think that's been pretty obvious in the last year or so. Um, We had a lot of very good early good champions Even Brody when he held it for a month had a very good reign I mean Wardlow had a very forgettable reign Scorpio to even get me started Sammy was just not good uh, Towards the end there That whole feud sucked The title's been complete trash for all of 2022 let's face it So do you use this as an opportunity To get him away from that And maybe go further up the ladder And maybe go after MGF at some point Is he the one to beat MGF for that championship Or do you think that's comical at this point
2: I mean I think anything's possible but like you said, I I, I mean I think the, the the booking of the title's been cursed just because I feel like anytime anyone's gone, it's it's kind of d- either they've lost steam or like just like they're just never on TV or just not doing anything of note. So I mean I think breaking him off the belt, I feel like if you break him away from the belt and he does his own thing, I feel like you'd have to push him right to, to MJF. I, I would assume. I mean, what else would you do with him? He's gonna go off to the Ring of Honor belt. I would and I don't think anyone would dare. And I think it would be too soon to do him and MGF unless mgf is going to beat him, which I think if anyone's going to beat MGF at this point, it should be him. Um, so I, I, I really don't know. I, I, I would have, like I said, I would have kept the belt on him, but maybe, like I said, maybe they just did a shock win and he'll win it back at like final battle or something. But I don't think anyone, would, I think only taking the belt off him just to put it back on him will make anyone care more about him.
0: No, I, I don't think taking the belt off of Wardlow and then putting it back on him... I, I feel like this company, for as many talented people as they have on their roster, when he was champion, Wardlow is, or was, they had this issue with the mid card where he was only facing Ari Daivari and Tony Nice and people like that, fucking Ryan Nemeth and whoever. Like, he's not actually having... I, I guess the TNT title... I would love to know, in, in Tony Khan's opinion, is this like an actual... I know, that, I know they don't. I know they don't like the term mid card title, but like, is it an actual title for like feuds, or is it a title for like? Again, I know it's a TV title. I get that, but like, you can still have feuds, and we're getting that now with Wardlow and Joe. But before that, like Scorpio and Sammy was a feud, I guess, but it was terrible. No one gave a shit, and everyone involved in that feud is either worse off or not even on the show right now. Um, aside from maybe Ethan Page, I don't know. It's just it's weird. The title is just not meant a lot. And I just don't think it's doing Wardlow any favors. They also have the problem of, like, they don't want to beat people. So, like, for example, I I was going to say they could do Wardlow and Jay Lethal, but I forgot they did do that feud when he was champion a couple months ago, and, again, no one really cared. But, like, they don't want to beat other people. So, like, you can do Wardlow and Orange Cassidy, which they did, and that was, you know, Orange Cassidy lost, and I think that makes sense. I feel like we need more of that for the TNT title, where it's actual mid-card people going for the title, and it's not just underneath people challenging you know, on rampage once in a while, which is a complete waste of time, and no one cares.
2: No, I completely agree. I need actual feuds for people to care about the
0: belt. You know, listen. I think if they do Joe and Wardlow at Final Battle, cool. Whoever wins, it doesn't really matter at this point. I think um, Wardlow getting the belt back, just whatever. But listen, I think if they did, for example, like Joe, if he holds on to the title, maybe he drops the Ring of Honor title to Wardlow. I don't really know what that would accomplish if he just switched titles, but whatever. I think if they do Joe in someone like a Jungle Boy, for example, I think that would be really cool. Or, you know, Darby, I'm kind of all set in him being in the TNT title picture. Been there, done that a ton. But I feel like Jack Perry is a prime example of someone that could be in that picture and really benefit win, lose, or draw. You know, he's a prime example of someone that should be chasing that championship. Again, not the Daivaris and the, the losers of the uh, of the Dark World, for example.
2: No, yeah, but like you said, I think at the end of the day, Tony's, like, afraid of those people losing. Like, what yeah. would the Boy really lose at the end of the day if he faced Warlow in a TNT title match and came up a little bit short?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, for it's example... example yeah. Like I said, he's so okay.
2: afraid of losing that he thinks it's going to mess up their booking that he faces the Ari DeVars and the Tony Nieces, and the people that no one cares about. So that's why no one cares about the belt because no one that's worth going for the belt is fighting for the belt. I mean, it's just like if... It'd be like if the Super Bowl, if you had the worst teams in the NFL playing in the Super Bowl just to have them play in the Super Bowl, like, eventually the game wouldn't matter that much because people that are in it don't deserve to be in it anyways.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's It's like... like, If it's
2: like if on Raw every week, Rollins put the U.S. title up against Akira Tozawa and name insert Jobber every week. No one would care because it wouldn't mean anything.
0: No, exactly. The belts
2: are contending for it.
0: That that's the exact case I was gonna bring up. Not to compare it to other companies, but like in WWE, not to say they haven't done that before, but at least lately, the U.S. Championship has been defended amongst like solid either mid carders or upper carders. I mean, Rollins is a main eventer, no doubt, but like Lashley's in the mix. Ali's a loser, and it's like Ali getting a title shot right now. He's done nothing to deserve it. Who cares? Um, But you got Theory in there, and people like that. He's been a loser, but he's on the rebound, thankfully. Like for example, we saw Finn Balor beat Edge at Extreme Rules, big win for him. He went on to face Rollins for the U.S. Championship last week and lost. Did that ruin his booking? No, I mean he's still Finn Balor, and I mean listen, if he loses every week, that's a problem. But if he loses once, it was due to interference, which you know I'm not super high on, but he's you know protects him, I guess. Um, you know it's not like he was undefeated or whatever. Like Finn Balor's fine, so I guess you could say it's 50/50 booking. But to me, if it's done once in a while, it's okay. So, like, Finn going for the championship and losing, I was okay with that. Um, you need competitive matches like that once in a while. Because majority of these matches, like, when was the last time the TNT title closed out Dynamite? Like, it has before, but it hasn't been in a very long time. And yeah, most people all titles have to be on ben and Dynamite. And then, that's the thing. Even those titles don't really matter. I mean, those are, uh, you know, either defended on Dynamite in the main event or fucking Rampage, God forbid, that no one gives a shit about at this point. So, that's the problem they need to... Uh, fix going forward as far as these mid-card titles I say mid-card titles but it's really just one championship uh tag team action no DQ tag team match Sting and Darby taking on Jeff and Jay Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal you know good match uh you know had good energy to it the right team won Darby pinned I, I laughed he pinned Lethal I is maybe Jarrett's not done with him which no thanks uh, maybe that's why they didn't have him pin Jared, which I thought was pretty silly. Otherwise, I thought this was fine. It was the typical Sting, no-DQ tag team match. I feel like we see on every pay-per-view, and that was that.
2: Right, team one, Same tag team match in the last five pay-per-views they've been on, and we move on.
0: And nothing oh, was accomplished. Uh, Jared, I mean, I
2: hope we don't get I do not want St- uh, Darby versus Jeff Jarrett.
0: I'm sorry. No, I don't want Sting and Jeff Jarrett. I don't want Darby and Jeff. Like we said earlier, you know, last week and other weeks, we... This really should have been a one-and-done, and then maybe it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But if, if it was going to continue, again, and we don't need to drag this out for another five weeks, just have this be it and move on, please. Uh, actually have Darby do something of note. He doesn't gain anything from beating Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal again, please. Uh, Jamie Hayter beating Tony Storm to win the AW Interim Women's World Championship. Great match here, a lot of near-falls down the stretch. I thought Tony was going to win. We said it last week we wanted Jamie to win. Because she's organically over right now, but they capitalized on it. To Tony's credit, he did it, and he put the belt on Hater. Uh, thought the match was great. Hater's the right winner here, because again, she's the one who has the, all the momentum right now. And I'm glad Tony resisted the urge. Oh, like I want to do Tony and Thunder when 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 Thunder comes back. Thunder might not be back for a while, and I do hope that we get rid of this interim bullshit and they can make Jamie the Hater the actual champion. Now it sucks for Tony because she didn't have that luxury. They should have done this from the get go. I think they're waiting to find out, because Thunder, if she's back in January, they might just keep the interim stuff, but if she's not, they'll take the title away from her, as far as the interim title, so, the right outcome, really good match, and all I can hope for going forward is that this is the catalyst for the split between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker.
2: Yeah, this was a good match, I'm just so glad Hader won, like, finally, she's been probably the most popular female on on TV, honestly, the last couple months, so, belt on her was definitely needed, I feel like she held off a little long it cooled off. But the problem is now we gotta see how she's the champion. I mean I feel like we were all excited about Wardlow winning the championship and he cooled off. And we we're so excited about this person winning and they cool off. So I'm hoping with Hater we don't see the same thing. Um I mean the fans will turn on her in seconds probably so we'll see how that works. But uh no, I thought she was the right person to win the belt. I like Tony but I, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I saw people, like, crying on the internet about the whole term title. Like, at the end of the day, who really gives a shit? I mean, she's a champion. She's a champion. I mean, Thunder's even on the TV, so, I'm, like, people just get caught up on the word. To me, it doesn't really matter. It's all semantics. Yeah, it's, I mean, she's the champion. She's on TV. If Thunder comes back, they beat her or whatever. If she doesn't, we'll move on. But, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Tony. I thought she had a decent range. She was kind of over, but I just feel like Jamie was the hotter hand at the time.
0: Yeah, I would, I would still take away the interim shit soon, but, you know, to do the interim stuff in the future is a waste, but, no, I agree. It doesn't really bother me that much. Hater is a champion at the end of the day. She won, as she should have, and, uh, you know, hopefully she gets more mic time. I said this on Twitter, but I watched the media scrum, and she comes across as really well-spoken. I didn't even know what her voice sounded like, because I feel like we never really hear from her on the show itself, um, and I'm glad she won, and we'll see where they go from here. The acclaimed beating Swerve in her glory to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles. Um, good match. Weaker significantly than the other two matches, because you knew the Acclaimed were going to win, but they were still very over in their native New Jersey. I think Max Caster's from New Jersey, although I could be wrong. Bowens might be too. But this was a good match. This was all about cementing the split of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, which they did. Swerve got a double team by Caster and Bowens as Keith Lee walked off, and the Acclaimed won. So um, I thought it was good stuff. The right team won, and that was about it.
2: That was a fine match. I wish the split was a little bit more concrete. I mean, he slapped Keith Lee, and Keith Lee was a bitch and left. Like... I wanted Keith Lee to powerbomb through the fucking ring and then they claimed beat him, but I guess we can't all get where we want here, <laughs> so if that was a fine match, I would have done a more definitive split up between, I mean he literally slapped Keith Lee to Keith Lee people like an idiot and just left, like he didn't do anything so, you think I he mean, should
0: have had like the a, acclaimed a, win and then he turns on him afterward?
2: no, I'd rather if if, if Swerve slapped him I wish he powerbombed through the ring and then left he didn't even do anything, he just let the claim beat him
0: well yeah, I mean Keith Lee himself also loses too
2: yeah, but I like I said, it, like uh, I feel like Keith Lee should have like did something. He just let him slap on, he just walked away, and then they lost.
0: Obviously, the way that I would have done it again, this is just nitpicking to me, but it, I would have had the clean win clean because remember when they won the titles of Grand Slam, they did not win clean. They won because of Billy Gunn. They won because of Billy Gunn, so they never actually won clean. They should have been a definitive win for them. They only won because it was a two. It became a handicap match at that point. If Keith Lee was still in there, maybe they would have uh, lost. I mean, storyline wise, I don't know. So. Um, I would have had them lose by pinning Swerve, and Swerve attempted to cheat, and then he didn't, whatever. And then afterward, he slaps him, and you do the powerbomb. I, I agree with you. I think you should have powerbombed him, but I just would have done it afterward. But, you know, again, that's just nitpicking. So at least we finally got the split. It was long overdue. Main event MJF, John Moxley, AEW World Championship. The match was very good. It's not going to go down as the best main event in AEW pay-per-view history. But, again, the right man won. Another case of the right person going over. It played out like I thought it would with Regal turning on Moxley. We don't know as of this recording whether Regal will be with MJF. I know you said last week MJF doesn't need him. I agree. Um, I think it would be a nice addition to the act if it was like a Heyman Roman, a Heyman you know Punk type thing. But again, if he doesn't, it's not a big deal. I'm curious why he would turn on Moxley. I know he believes in MJF. We saw that whole promo exchange about a month ago, so that's probably the story they go with, which is fine um, because that makes sense. At least it makes sense. It's not completely random. But listen, MJF is champion. He's still a heel. As he should be, they teased the babyface thing, um, but they cemented the heel turn as he should have been. And now the MGF era begins in AEW. So um, I thought this was a great way to go off the show. And it's about fucking time that MGF is world champion in this company.
2: Yeah, I mean, the right man won here. I mean, I went nuts for MGF. I mean, he's the guy at this point. So him winning was great. I mean, I think we all saw Regal getting involved. I mean, it wasn't like that was unpredicted, but we'll see what happens here. Find out probably more tomorrow night. Uh, maybe we'll get why he turned on John Moxley. It's not like they ever had like any animosity or anything. Mm-hmm. So, kind of interesting how that goes. But no, MGF won, right was all. But the MGF era is here, and we'll see what's next. But I, uh, I mean, definitely, like I said, him and Hater winning was was a breath of fresh and the most popular man and female on the roster in the last couple of months. And I mean, we knew MGF was probably going to win the belt. Obviously, it got a little wonky there. I mean, I, he could have, they could have done Arthur Early, but yeah. happened on on Saturday night was good, and we'll see where the MJF continues. But I was happy that him and Hader got their, their fair deal.
0: Yeah, no, long overdue for MJF should have been champion a while ago, but it just wasn't in the cards until now. And uh, I am curious how they follow this up because you talk about Wardlow, and you know you can even say Adam Page. They get their moment, the money's in the chase, and then we finally see them as champion. It's not what we wanted, or it's not as interesting. I hope that's not the case with MJF because he's been so great for so long now. I would be very disappointed if his reign wasn't not stellar, but at least not like overly interesting. He's the best part of the show to me every single week. And I'm also glad, too, I will say. I'm happy they didn't complicate matters with the firm getting involved they did make it a little messy at the end of the two ref bumps and shit. I mean, I know they had to do that for the Regal thing, but it was a little messy. At least the firm <laughs> didn't come out. Because my worry was, okay, Regal or not, the firm might still be aligned with them, Jeff. We could find out on Wednesday that's still the case, which would be fucking terrible. That's bully, Ray, Aces, and eight shit. No thanks. That would be awful. Um, so I hope that's not the case and they just fade off into obscurity. But, like... I hope they use this as an opportunity to build up other baby faces on the show. I want to see MJF and Starks. I think we're getting that. Again, we don't know right now as of, as when we're speaking, but I think it's going to be MJF and Starks. winter is coming. I want to see Darby Allen go for the championship. You got to build him up a little bit more, but I want to see MJF and Darby because Darby could realistically win, having lost to MJF last year. Um, that could be a revolution main event I want to see maybe even Jack Perry get a title shot on TV I want to see this be the turning point for when we see people like that in the title picture we haven't had a lot of that I feel like this year it's all been Moxley it's been Punk it's been Page and MJF that's really about it Um, Danielson's got a couple title shots you can even do Danielson and MJF that's a fresh match I would be totally fine with that maybe not right now Danielson's lost a lot but maybe down the road towards the end of his run, I would be fine with that. And again, even Wardlow. Wardlow's another option, dude. Wardlow could be the one to take the belt off of him, but even if not, Wardlow has a win over MJF. I think he was the last one to beat MJF. That's another match you can do, so I'm hoping they use this as an opportunity to bring new faces in the title picture, as opposed to running back Moxley again, or even Omega back in the title picture, which would be interesting because he's a babyface now. I don't think you need that, though. Punk's gone. So I just want to see fresh faces being used and pushed, whether they win or not. That's that's my hope out of this reign.
2: Yeah, I mean, they do have to build a lot of those baby faces up first, though. It's yeah. Because none of them are really ready for that spot. I mean, I think we'll see. I mean, Darby, I, feel like I said last week, like, he's won up interview, but he's barely ever been on fucking dynamite. I really like haven't seen him losing or getting beat up. So I think those guys you named are all good. You just need to build them up a little bit more. And it is definitely nice to see, like, fresh people fresh people on, like, the title picture. I mean, who knows? The ratings would bomb, and then I not, like, ex guys.
0: Yeah.
2: okay. but, I mean, for someone that wanted, like, a fresh company, fresh faces, I mean, that's exactly what we want to see. So, mm-hmm. I hope we get that direction with this MJF reign and not just him facing just random people. Jericho
0: sure. again, you know what I mean?
2: Ugh, don't
0: even start! <laughs> like, people like that. Like, I'm ready for fresh stuff with fresh faces. I know we haven't seen him in Jericho. I mean, we have seen him in Jericho a lot. But, like, I know we haven't seen him in Kenny at all. And that could be a really good match. But, like, keep Kenny, keep the Elite out of the world title picture, the world tag team title picture. Have them a little fun with the trio's titles. Keep them out of the spotlight. They don't need it. Just not right now, no thanks. Everyone else I mentioned, like you said, they need to be built up. But that's the beauty of not having a pay-per-view every month. They can use this time the next couple of months to build those people up. That's just it. it takes time and it takes effort. So that's what I want to see in the coming months. Because uh, Revolution is not for another four months. It's not going to be for a while. Uh, they have winters coming, but like I said, that's a perfect TV special where they can do MJF and Ricky Starks. Starks won't win, but he can come close, get a level, get a couple of near falls, and people are excited. So that's what I want to see. Um, now we move to War Games, Survivor Series. Survivor Series War Games coming up on Saturday. We have a five-match card. Is it possible they add another match on Friday? Yeah. Um, I know the semifinals of the World Cup are on Saturday on, on Friday, rather not Saturday. It's going to be Braun and Ricochet, which I mentioned to you a week or two ago. I'm, I'm stoked they're doing that. That's hysterical. They're actually going with the flippy-floppy thing. That's funny. Uh, we're getting that on Friday when we're there. And Santos versus... What was the other one? Ricochet? Oh, uh, Butch. Butch. Pete Dunne. Yeah, he's facing Santos on Friday. I think Santos and Braun are probably both advancing. That'll be the finals. Um, could we get that on Saturday? Yeah, I guess. Eh, I don't really know if it's necessary. Just keep it exclusive to SmackDown. It sounds like it is a SmackDown World Cup anyway on Fox. They keep mentioning that, so... I'm going to assume that we don't get that. They stick with five matches. Two of them are war games. War games can go between 30 and 40 minutes, if not more. Some of them are like a fucking hour. So I would honestly keep... I would would start the show with the women's, close with the men's, and have the other matches in between. So that's what I would do. Um, But I think this will be a good show. Let's start with the non-war games matches first, beginning with Ronda Rousey-Shotzi, SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda's a star, but she feels... I mean, this feels like it should be on the pre-show, because... The SmackDown women's division is abysmal. We don't talk about the blue brand enough, but that division has a lot of talented women. The problem is that none of them really mean anything. Liv has some momentum because she was just champion, but Shotzi means nothing. Raquel means nothing. Zia Lee, Sonia, Lacey Evans. You can go down the list. None of them mean shit. They're always getting pinned and they always have fucking multi-women matches. It's the same shit every week. No one cares. So I don't see Shotzi as a threat at all. This could be a good match, but the last time I saw these two in the ring, Ronda beat her in 90 seconds. so I don't see Shotzi as a threat whatsoever. Um, I do think it could be a fine match, though. It just feels like a filler opponent for Ronda Rousey at this point in time. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we we always. I mean, got, we're gonna be fair, so I, like we, we gave AEW some crap. So I mean, SmackDown wins the division, terrible, and they have talent. I just they just don't know what to do with it, or it's like the same six people every week. We get like a multi woman match. to see who's gonna go for the title, and then just switch the person every month. And, mm-hmm. No one really cares. So I, I think Shotzi's good, but I mean, Rod is going to kill her hair. I mean, just is what it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like Raquel, but she needs to be built up better. Liv has a decent of momentum because she just was champion. And Natalia, no thank you. Xia I mean, she's changed her character like 20 times. I just don't care at this point. And you probably named someone else, and I just don't even remember her. Yeah, Lacey,
0: Sonya, you can get on the Lace
2: list. I mean, Lacey's just like...
0: I'm surprised I like she's still Lace. there.
2: So she loses all the time with Sonya. Like, I th- I figured after the whole Mandy Rose thing, they, after that match, obviously she had that you know, real life incident. But uh, I thought, like, I mean, she's decent in the ring. I just she just hasn't seemingly got her footing. Maybe if Toxic gets called up, maybe she can kind of get some identity with them. But besides that, she's just kind of just there, honestly.
0: Yeah, you. I forgot you mentioned Natalia. She's hurt right now. She broke her nose legit against Shane a couple weeks ago. But not missing her as much anyway. Aaliyah, is she the savior of the division when she comes back? I mean, give me a break. So they really need a a, a massive makeover for this division as far as building women up that matter. They're trying with Shotzi. The problem was that, you know, the, the pay-per-view's on Saturday, and they only had three weeks to really do it, so no one really cares. It's not like they were building her up prior to this. So anyway, it should be fine, but I think Ronda Rousey wins. Uh, we go to the United States Championship triple threat announced on Monday's Raw. Seth freaking Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. You know, this is probably the most unpredictable match on the show. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good match. We mentioned this before we hit record here. I think we're both going with Theory. I feel like Rollins, he only won the title a month or two ago. You know, so it's not it hasn't been that long. But they're really building up Theory right now. I would find it hard to believe they would give him this new edge, and then he loses. And I don't see a scenario where Rollins wins and he pins Lashley. They're trying to protect Lashley, too. Maybe Lashley takes the pin, and then he goes berserk afterward and kills everyone. But then Theory, what do you do with him? I think theory might get the belt back, honestly, and he's kind of rebuilt back up with a, you know, a proper U.S. title reign. Rollins chases maybe, and then maybe he frees, maybe that frees up Rollins to face Roman of the Royal Rumble. I mean, another possibility. And then Bobby obviously is uh, headed for a Brock rematch at some point. So you know, I- I'm thinking theory takes the title here, which doesn't uh, doesn't bother me at all.
2: No, yeah, I think theory wins here as well. Um, I. Not that I hate it, but I would love that, like, he just challenged for the belt, just to move the briefcase, just to win the belt. Correct. Like, make him serious, and he can still hold the U.S. title and have the money in the bank, and then he can have even more to, like, bitch and be a dickhead heel. So, I mean, I, I want him to win. I think them building him up, I think. Rollins doesn't lose anything, and like you said, eventually frees him up for Roman. Bobby's going to go with Brock sometime soon, so he doesn't really need the belt, but, I don't know, just theory seems like the right one to win but it just would kind of feel shitty if he just lost the briefcase just so he would be more serious just to win the belt that he just challenged for so him winning i mean needs i think would need to happen to make the serious character matter or make it seem like he has any chance so i I think he should win here and i think he will win here Uh, but i just don't love that he lost the briefcase just to now be more serious which just done without
0: him losing the briefcase. Very convoluted, yeah. There was no reason to take the briefcase off of him and have him lose, only if he was going to win the championship a week or two anyway later. Like, You could have done the edge shit. You could have given him an edge without doing what they did, which is still the worst cash I've ever seen. I will stand by that. Um, but I do think Theory wins here, and the rebuilding process begins. Uh, now we get, or not to the war games. and matches, yeah. We have AJ Styles versus Finn Balor first, second time ever, not just in WWE, but ever, anywhere, actually. They had a tag team match, I guess, in Japan a long time ago. Their only other match was a TLC one-on-one um, back in um, you know 2017 against, at TLC, I think it was. You know, Finn's lost. I thought it was weird. I was thinking this one. I'm like, hmm. You know, Finn lost to Rollins last week due to AJ Styles' interference, the OC interference. And then, you know, the OC even the odds a couple weeks ago when they brought in Mia Yim or mechin or whatever the fuck they're calling her now. And then Judgment Day also lost on Monday's Raw to the Brawling Brutes with also interference from AJ. So they feel less like losers now than they did a couple of weeks ago. But i, I don't, it's weird because I, I my pick is still AJ, but it's weird that they would have Finn in the Judgment Day. The OC would get the better of them three weeks in a row and then AJ would still win. I really want AJ to win because I just want this to be over. I mean, he's been feuding with the Judgment Day all year. He needs something. AJ is just... There's nothing there right now. He needs to win this, and I think Finn won their first match anyway, so I would give AJ the win here, and uh, hopefully we can move on from there, and I know Rhea and Mia still need to have their match, but that can be something separate, so I'm going with AJ. I wouldn't be shocked if Finn won, but I would give AJ the victory.
2: Yeah, this one's a tough one, just because, like you said, like the booking the last couple of weeks would scream AJ loses here and Finn gets a win because they've got the better of in the last couple of weeks, but... I don't know. I feel like Finn should lose. I think AJ wins here, so I would say AJ wins just because I think he needs it. I mean, the Judgment Day have got a lot of wins over the O.C. If they just keep beating them flat and they just can't beat them, then what's the point of the O.C. even being together? Yeah. they yeah. Day have literally beat them at every turn. So I, I'm going to go with AJ, but I wouldn't be too surprised if Finn won just because, like you said, they've got the better of them lately. I feel like it wouldn't shock me if they won here.
0: Yeah, no, I could see them maybe extending this, but to what though? We don't have another pay per view for a while. Could it? Could it? Could they do the rematch on Raw? Sure, but I just, I just have them win here and be done with it. They kind of built this up as if it would be it. Um, I don't want Triple H to drag out shit for as long as Tony Khan has. Don't get in that habit. Like the Miz and Dexter shit. I mean, that's been going on forever. I'm. I just don't care at this point. So, uh, yeah, I I want to see this end here with an AJ win, and hopefully it's a banger and they don't, you know, water it down with interference. Uh, women's War Games match first. We have Damage Control, all of Damage Control. Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky taking on Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley, or and Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley taking on Team Bianca Belair. It's going to be Bianca, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Michin, formerly known as Mia Yim, ugh, and um, a mystery partner to be revealed on Friday's SmackDown. Now, I think Damage Control has to win. I mean, I... Here's another thing, too. I guess this is unpredictable, too, but I feel like if they're building up this mystery opponent or this mystery partner for the baby faces, especially if it's someone like Becky... You know, I was th- we said Candice, but I'm thinking, if they're waiting until SmackDown, why would they wait until SmackDown to fucking introduce Candice? I feel like Candice might actually be out. I hope it's... I hope it's not Raquel. Raquel has a little bit of history with damage control, but that's just so underwhelming. I have no desire to see that. And then... You know, Sasha is a possibility. I think she is free this weekend. And as far as the movie stuff goes, they actually had... I think I texted you this last week. Tyrese Skipson got, uh, got COVID, so he's not hes not on the movie. Uh, or he's not doing it right now. So I think she is going to be free to do... They're not filming it this weekend. So I think she could do the show if, they, if she was ready to come back. I don't know if she is or not, though. So anyway, that's separate. Um, if Becky is just kayfabe in her injury and she's ready to be back in time, then she is a perfect choice. So, um, I'm thinking damage control wins here is the problem, but I, do you bring back Becky only to lose, but then again, damage controls lost every fucking match they've had for the last couple of months on pay-per-view, so I'm thinking, first of all, the mystery opponent, mystery partner, I'm going to go Becky out on a limb and say Becky, even though she might still be hurt, I'm going to say Becky for the women, and I'm going to say Team Bailey wins, just because they've lost for the last, I mean, I don't know, them losing again, just break up the group, it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Becky too. If, if it's like Raquel or Cancel, right? That is literally the biggest letdown of all time. But I hope it's not that. And I think Damage Control needs to win because they literally have lost every match matter that's mattered at all. So if they don't win, I mean, if they're not gonna win, you're gonna break the group. up, fine, that's fine. With me. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah. But if they're gonna stay as a group, they need to win this match.
0: Yeah, there's just no excuse. I mean, if they wanted every turn for the last couple of months and they lost here, then sure, yeah, Team Bianca wins. But they haven't. They've lost. Bailey lost to Bianca twice on on pay per view. So if she loses here, just kick her out of the group or do whatever because it just ain't working. Uh, but I'm I'm sorry, you said Team Bianca. or You seen Team? You said Team, Team Danca.
2: Bailey. I'm on my back. Team All right, Bailey.
0: Team Bailey. I'm going Team Bailey too. Uh, the men's War Games match, I think, is confirmed to main event. I think it should anyway. This is really the the match that got me sold on this show. Um, the final angle on SmackDown last week with Owens coming out was great. We were skeptical whether it would be him or not. I mean, he made the most sense, but he got hurt. I don't know. After the show went off the air, he worked a fucking street fight against Theory, and he looked perfectly fine to me. So I'm not saying he's not hurt, but I think he's fine enough to go. I don't think he would have done that if he was, like, seriously hurt. So I think it was just sprain and not a full, like, terror or whatever. But anyway, it's going to be Brawling Brute, Seamus Rich and Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens taking on the Bloodlines, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and The Usos. The bloodline have been so dominant. They have. I don't. I legit don't think they have lost. Okay, they've they've lost a little bit, but a lot of their multi man matches they win. Like when we went to Backlash and we thought they might lose, they they won that too. So they always win. And I think here they got to lose. I don't know if it's gonna be Owens and Roman again at some point or whatever they do, but I. I'm not saying Bloodline has to lose, otherwise the babyfaces look like idiots, but Drew, for as many times as he lost to Roman and they got the better of him, give him his comeuppance by not pinning Roman, but pinning Sammy or something. Maybe Owens pins Sammy, and that opens the floodgates for Owens and Sammy teaming. I mean, that's gonna happen anyway. Um, but I'm thinking the team, the babyface team, wins here. Especially if we got Bailey's team winning, I think the babyfaces win here, and uh, they finally get their moment over the Bloodline, and that begins the cracks of dissension within the group. And we start headed towards uh, Roman losing the championships and Zayn being booted, and he gets pinned and teaming with Owen, uh, Kevin Owens in time for WrestleMania season.
2: Yeah, I think we, I think we get uh, the Bloodline is going to lose, and like I said, it's going to start that dissension between like Sammy and the Bloodline. I feel like you could have him get pinned here. It doesn't really matter who pins him, but I feel like he gets pinned here. Then then he's to the blame for the reason they lose, and then we start getting more cracks and then we break the group up and Sammy goes on with Kevin. So I think it'll be a great match, but I, I would have the baby faces win there.
0: I agree. I'm looking forward to the match, and I think it's gonna be a good show overall. And I think uh, you know, we're gonna be there on Saturday. Like I said earlier, we will be at SmackDown on Friday as well. We got a load of the weekend coming up, Mr. Marceau, but I think above all that, uh, we'll be seeing you on Friday first. I'm still attempting and trying to watch Top Gun before I see you on Friday. That was the homework assignment. What would you say? Come on! I know, I know. So I remember today, i got to watch it before I see you on Friday so we can watch Maverick at some point this weekend. I look forward to that. And, um, yeah, this has been great, brother. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Very thankful for you and everything else. Uh, just in, in general on this Thanksgiving, although it's not technically Thanksgiving yet. Um, it is on Thursday. We're recording on Tuesday. I hope you have a great holiday, Mr. Marceau, and I can't wait to see you first thing Friday. Fluff those pillows up, brother, because I'm excited. Sounds good. Same here. Enjoy Survivor Series weekend, brother, and I'll see you in uh, three days from when we're talking right now.
2: Sounds good. Can't wait.
0: See you, dude. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Later,